You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and today we have a special guest. This is somebody who does a very interesting job, and I think almost two years ago, I had a guest on here to talk something similar by the name of Jess Glazer about trainer burnout. So today we have another professional named JL Lewis who is going to be with us talking about trainer burnout, but we're not just talking about burnout. We're talking about what's next, what's happening after that. I know, look, this is a cool job. This is a cool job. Being a fitness professional is a really enjoyable job. I love it. Um, don't get me wrong, though. There are many parts of this job that that can lead to burnout. And we're going to talk to JL about that and what are some of those reasons for burnout. But it reminds me of a song, and I've probably mentioned it to you before on this podcast. Um, it's a song by Cypress Hill called Rock Superstar. And in this interlude, they talk about being a rock superstar and how it's a cool job, but it's still a job. And I think that's where we are in the fitness industry. This is a cool job. I really love being a personal trainer. I love being a business owner. I love teaching. I love education. I love content. I love gathering it for myself. I love sharing it with all y'all. But sometimes it get overwhelming. Well, sometimes it's hard to say no to things. And uh, it can become difficult. Things can become challenging. So I'm looking forward to having a conversation with JL about what it means, this trainer burnout, what causes it, and what are some of the things that we can do. She's been around in the fitness industry for over a decade, done all the jobs that you can do in this field, and now is the owner of the Fit Collective where she helps teach us fitness pros the fundamentals of entrepreneurship. So welcome, JL Lewis. Welcome. Hello. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. How you feel today? I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good. I love it. How did you get into this world of fitness? And then what changed for you where you transitioned into not just, I guess, transition, maybe added another layer onto your cake, uh, but you started shifting into this particular focus? Yeah. So I originally got into fitness. I always like to say fitness kind of found me. Um, I think we can probably all attest to growing up and loving activity in some some capacity. Um, but I really got into it. I have a degree in exercise science and nutrition, but I never thought I'd use it. At the time when I graduated, <laughs> I will not tell you the year that I graduated, but when I graduated, it I didn't really see many people that had a career in fitness. So I didn't have a ton of people to look up to or kind of model a career after. Um, so I just convinced myself that fitness wasn't going to be something that was actually attainable, something that I could actually um, you know, do on a consistent basis to establish this career within the industry. Um, but you know, life had a different plan for me and, and so did fitness. And it kind of just kept hitting me in the face time and time again of like, you know what, you're meant to do this. You're meant to kind of live in this, this world of, you know, health and fitness. And so I started as a desk, front desk assistant in a personal training studio. And then, you know, kind of just climbed my way into 
personal training, just understanding those sorts of things. And as my time went on in the industry, I've been in the industry for over a decade at this point. Um, I've had just amazing opportunities to work with various different groups, various different people. But my career really took off when I started working um, and training the United States Air Force. So I worked with a lot of the um, military and military spouses and contractors and things of that nature. Nice. But yeah, I mean, I kind of segued into business coaching because it's everything that I wish I knew starting off as a trainer and, you know, attempting to, to build my business. Uh, I get it. I get it. And there are many a potholes that I've stepped into wishing that somebody could have been like, hey, watch out for that. Watch out for that. And so, you know, uh, failure is a great educator, but so are mentors. So <laughs> to have people there that can kind of guide you through it so you don't uh, experience the abuse that sometimes you can experience. Yeah. Uh, so tell us, tell me a little bit about trainer burnout. Like what, when, when you're talking to fit pros, yep. what, what are some of the things that you're hearing that are causing them to get burned out? Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the main things is just time, right? So I think when you initially get into the industry, um, you are just kind of like a sponge. And so you want to soak up everything, you know, you want to get clients and now the world that we live in, you want to get in-person clients and virtual clients. So there's this kind of hybrid, um, business model that you're creating for yourself. And I think so often we fail to prioritize our own health and mental well-being because we are at the forefront of, um, you know, focusing on everybody else's. So I think that's the the main thing when it comes to burnout is that, you know, our responsibility as personal trainers and as fitness professionals is to really help other people with, you know, their health and their wellness. But sometimes we're not doing that as much as we should or prioritizing ourselves um, when it comes to that. Well, I agree with that. I think that so often we as fitness professionals are are the outlet that so many people plug into, right? So we're providing them the energy. We're providing that spark. We're giving them so much. And we don't turn around and go, where am I getting mine from? Exactly. Right? Like we're, we're trying to be that island into ourselves. We're trying to be the one that says, look, you can do it for them. Do it for yourself. Get up, get up, get up. And it, <clears throat> there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's fantastic, except knowing that, there are other people that you can plug into that you can connect with that whether whether that's a, a group that that is on you know facebook or the internet whatever it is or an individual like you that somebody can work directly with to to have some coaching guidance and nasm has been doing a lot of research on coaching lately first with the nutrition coaching and now with the wellness coaching it's not just about nutrition. It's about the coaching of nutrition. It's not just about wellness. It's how to coach that wellness. And you are in this position of being a coach. How does that work for you? How does that work for people that want to connect with you? Sure. So, um, you know, again, this is something kind of, that kind of just originated from my lack of resources or knowledge or mentorship as I was, you know, becoming a personal trainer and, and really going all in in you know my business and attracting clients. And so what I do is I 
you know, coaches, we are coaches, right? So regardless of, you know, how you identify yourself within the industry, you're a coach in some capacity. And so oftentimes we neglect having, like you said, that mentorship or that coaching experience for ourselves. So that's what I aim to provide for my students, you know, for my own clients in the business realm is to really just establish one, how you're running your business then two, just letting you know that you're not alone because burnout is something that we mm. uh, consistently experience. But I think it's not something that's often talked about because we like to kind of put this facade, or at least I have in the past, of like, everything's fine. I don't need a timeout. Mm. You know, I just like, go, go, go. And now it's something that's just, you know, allowing people to say, I'm going to make myself a priority and, you know, putting myself first and learning how to really rework my schedule so that it's aligned with not burning out and not always having to constantly give, um, you know, is something that it's like, okay, you can expect to receive, or like you said, how are you filling up your own cup um, in addition to filling up your clients? So that's something that I teach. And that's something that I really pride myself on. Cause it's like, if you are, if your glass is half empty, you can't expect to, you know, pour up, pour into someone else's and create this kind of half full approach if you're just constantly running on fumes. Yeah, that's so true. I hear this in regard to to parenting, particularly for moms and specifically for my wife, where it's it's important to take some time for yourself. And there's so much focus on the kids and on the family that that we kind of neglect self because we're so busy giving to others. And sometimes you just have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. You need to put your mask on first before you can help other people put their mask on. So that's that's kind of key, I think, is self-care. Um, you know, there are presumably some issues here is that over time, we start to create patterns we start to get into habits that sometimes can be helpful, but as we repeat them over and over and we find that they're no longer helpful, we don't actually change our habit loop. We we keep doing what we've been doing because that's what worked uh, the first six months of doing it, but now you're six years into it, you're still doing the same thing that only worked the first six months uh, that you were in business. And that's why we keep doing what we are doing. We have such good results. We see that in fitness all the time too. People see such good results early on when they start doing things consistently that after they are no longer working, all we still think about is what they did for us in the past. What are some of the ways that we can move past some of these things that are habitual roadblocks for us? Yes. So one of my favorite things is time blocking, right? So oftentimes if you're working with a, um, you know, a client, whether it's virtual or in person, you're typically, you know, going from client to client to client. And so that makes sense for your day, right? But what if you put some like buffer time in there? What if you allowed yourself the opportunity in between sessions or maybe in between, you know, two to three sessions to put in 15 minutes? Right. 15 minutes really isn't necessarily going to change your schedule that much, but it may give you time to not feel like you're rushed having to run in the bathroom or grab a protein shake or, you know, grab a bar or something like that so that you just have a minute to yourself to collect your thoughts. Um, so that's number one. You know, we, we time block all of our 
clients, but we don't often time block what it is that we actually need because we're usually running from client A to client B. Um, and then I would also say, make sure that you're tapping into your energy. So I'm sure, you know, we've all gone through a series of clients or just feeling a little bit exhausted. And so maybe it's on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that's when you're most saturated with your clients. And, you know, you work from the morning until the evening or whatever it may be. But then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, you're really working on your business. So I'm sure you guys have heard of this. You're either working in your business or working on your business. And we don't always give ourselves the opportunity to necessarily work on our business in the fitness industry. So, you know, setting that time aside to do the things that we need to do on a consistent basis, because we all know we're not just trainers, we're not just fitness professionals. We work in marketing, we work in sales, we work in client retention, right? There's so many different avenues that we work in. Um, and so just allowing yourself to see that, okay, this time needs to be categorized, needs to be grouped, it needs to be um, somewhere outside of just, you know, working in the business, but I need to work on the business so that I'm not like miscalculating the time that I actually need for this to grow. Um, so I think, you know, just time awareness is something that is so important that's often overlooked. I compare it to like stretching when I talk to my clients, um, because it's like, okay, I know I'm going to go home, you say you're going to stretch, and then you don't ever stretch. So if it's yeah. on my calendar, and it's in my calendar, I'm like, okay, I'm, actu I'm actually going to do this. And then it just allows you to have more of a holistic approach and really monitor your energy before you hit that burnout. Oh, I love that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is JL Lewis, who is kind of a coach for trainers who need help in their business due to burnout. And if you've been in the industry for a while, you know that this challenge is real. There are moments in our, our professional lives where we are doing the best we can and we maybe have said yes to too many things that we've agreed to move forward with a lot of different things. Because let's be honest, sometimes we have open time as a fitness professional. And so we fill that with means of of outreach and how can I work with people? And so people come and they'll ask us questions and we want to be that, you know, to fill other people's cups, as you said. So this is something that's challenging for us because we like to say yes. Um, you know, now that we're talking to JL, let me ask you a question. When is the right time to maybe say no? Oh, I love this one. <laughs> We say yes all the time, right? And it's something that I believe we've been conditioned to do because we want to help. We're heart-centered humans. We just say, yes, I got you. Let me help you. And then at the end of the day, we're not helping ourselves. So I am a firm believer in practicing saying no. So it may not always be comfortable. I don't believe there's necessarily a right time, but I would say that get into the habit of practicing saying no when you really don't want to. I think it just gives you the ability to tap into how you're actually feeling, um, you know, kind of feel that chemical imbalance of like, ooh, I really feel like I should say no because I'm on the verge of burnout. I'm on the verge of being completely and utterly exhausted. Um, you know, I'm on the verge of, I need to like get in some serious solid um, sleep in order to recharge and kind of just rebuild my life and, and all of those things. So um, for as many times as you say yes, and I know it's challenging for all of us, practice saying no at least once, right? Whether that's, you know, a night out, whether that's um, a client at, 
you know, past your limits. We have to set those um, those limits and those boundaries for ourselves um, because no one else is really going to lean into that or allow you to, um, you know, just make those boundaries uh, a reality for ourselves. So boundaries and saying no, please practice it um, because it's it's so so important, especially in the fitness industry when you're just constantly giving. Yeah, yeah. I, I'll, I'll say this, that uh, as I've continually said throughout this, that, that we do have a cool job. Like I enjoy doing what I'm doing. And that is kind of a thought that keeps me holding on to fitness, especially when I found it to be really challenging, is that I thought about my friends who do other jobs, and they get burned out, right? But then I think, well, why would I move from this job to another job where burnout's probably going to happen? Anyway, um, so I just think that when we look at the possibilities, what's out there uh, when it comes to work, and if we find ourselves in relative success within the fitness industry, it's hard to switch and go do something else because this is such a rewarding job. It's very enjoyable. We can make a living at this. And I got to be honest, I'm not sure kind of how well I, a few decades ago that uh, it was to actually make a living being a personal trainer. I mean, I did. I started two decades ago and there were a group of people before me and the decade before, and this this didn't even exist so now it's here and it's it's a great opportunity, but just know that that burnout happens regardless of how amazing your job can be. There are all those people that are up in Hollywood that we think, wouldn't it be nice to be this big actor? And yes, the paychecks would be solid. And so many people that have just been like, I'm out of Hollywood, right? Or I'm taking time off and I'm not shooting anything because I just need some time for me because that's taxing. That takes a lot out of you. All these things that you want can all be turned into something that's a bit challenging, right? So the grass isn't always greener on the other side. If this is something that you want to stick with, to stay with the fitness industry, then there are some strategies to help navigate trainer burnout or fitness professional burnout that allow you to to move on. And also there are many options that are out there, not just one-on-one -on -one in-person training. So can you just kind of walk us through a little bit of the options that we as fitness pros have with our what next? Yes. And I, I love this question. And, and, you know, I can attest to what you said about, you know, the fitness injury 10 years ago or, you know, 20 years ago. Um, gosh, this is, this is so great because there's so many opportunities. And I think, you know, especially now, um, because most people are conditioned to an online presence, there's so many things that we can do. And I think one is just allowing ourselves to see what's out there. Um, because so often we just look at what everyone else is doing. And sometimes we try to replicate those things. And I speak from experience. Um, you know, we try to replicate what other people have done. And so this is something that I teach. And it's a core value within my program, the fitness curriculum is just seeing what's possible. So again, because our industry has changed and people have really adapted to the new norm, 
you can train people, right? You can you can do a hybrid, right? We all talk about these hybrid models um, and we're able to work with people in a one-on-one capacity. We're able to work with people online. We're able to build out programs. We're able to build out our own curriculums. We're able to do a hybrid. We're able to do retreats. We're able to you know, go into other businesses and create a wellness program. So there's so many things that people are able to do But again, I truly believe it's about tapping into your energy and seeing, one, what lights you up. Two, of course, you know, how you're able to create additional revenue streams within your business. Um, And three, what's, you know, allowing you to grow? Because like you said earlier, we can't just stay where we were six months ago, a year ago. It's a constant pivot. And I think that's what's exciting about the industry. But what also, you know, is sometimes a deterrent is that you're constantly having to, I don't even want to say reinvent yourself, but you're constantly, um, you know, tapping into what the needs of your clients are, which is constantly evolving and constantly changing. But it's also really important to look at you know, what are your needs as the fitness professional, as the business owner, as the mentor, as the resource for other people, what are your needs in order to continue to grow yourself, your business, and, you know, make your your mental health a priority. So there's so many options. Um, it's just really tapping into to what feels good. And I know that sounds like, what do you mean what feels good? But in the fitness industry, we, you know, when our clients come to us, and they're frustrated because they're not getting the results that they want immediately. Um, you know, we're like, okay, just, you know, trust the process, you know, have patience. But yet when it comes to us and our business and, you know, attracting clients and the right type of client, we almost want those results to be immediate. And that's just not how it happens. So just understanding that being in the fitness industry for the long haul is really important. It is a marathon. It's not a sprint. And you're going to have to learn so many things, unfortunately, the hard way um, at times, but it doesn't always have to be like that. So, you know, just protect your boundaries, protect your boundaries and, and lean into, you know, how you want your business to evolve over time. There is no there is no quick fix. <laughs> I like that. I also like the, there's a motivational framework called self-determination theory that I would just want to go over and discuss a little bit about. And one of them is one of the frameworks of what helps with motivation. And there are three, there's autonomy, there's competency, and there's relatedness. So those three things kind of as anchors of motivation. And so when we look at autonomy, this is about becoming your own business. So at this point, maybe your next step is you're stepping out to be an independent personal trainer, having your own clients, not working for a corporate gym. But that's challenging, right? And you may not know exactly what it is that you need to do because when you work at the corporate gym, they do the marketing for you. They bring the clients in and then you just work with the clients that are already members at that facility. And so as you step out on your own, maybe you don't know anybody else that's doing that. So you don't have a sense of relatedness to other professionals. And it, you may not be doing that well initially. So then there's a sense of lack of competency, right? So now that's keeping you from, so you want the autonomy, but maybe you're lacking some of the competency and you're lacking some of the relatedness. And I think what happens here is when you don't share what's going on and what your goals are within people within the industry that 
you can't relate. You can't connect with other people whose goals are the same thing. They want to move on. So there's a sense where obviously we can relate to our clients. I feel like personal trainers are just amazing at connecting and creating this relatedness with their clients. But this goes to show where education is beneficial with with you and what you do, because through education, we can learn better. We can feel more competent in what it is that we're doing. And that education's got to cover a long list of things when you're going out and starting your own business. So it's not just, are you a stellar fitness professional? Like uh, the book, The E-Myth Mastery, you can be really good at doing the job, but are you able to do the business? And you mentioned working in your business or working on your business. And people have heard that, but can you help kind of clarify what that means for people and what are some ways that that fit pros can start working a bit more on their business? Um, Yes, and this is something that took me quite a while to to master, and I wouldn't even say I've mastered it, but to to figure out myself. And again, there's so many different avenues that you can take when it comes to your business. But like you said, it's really just about positioning yourself and understanding how to position yourself for the long haul. And so I would say to anyone that's thinking about kind of taking that next step, whatever it may be um, within your business, is to really just identify what the needs of your business are. And, um, you know, you have the certification, you have um, built a community. Like you said, number one, put yourself out there because if people don't know what's going on and it doesn't have to be all on your social media, right? But you know other people that have um, a certification, you know other people that are a part of your network, you know other people that are trainers or you know group exercise instructors, <clears throat> reach out to them, right? Just because they're not consistently speaking about their journey doesn't mean that they're not open to sharing it. I do like to think that you know people in the fitness industry um, for the most part, are open books and will share their experience with you because that's something that you know we just work on. You know, other people sharing their experience with us, and so that's really important. But it's also important to um, realize that asking for help is only going to get you to that next level. But when it comes to working on your business, those are all of the things that may not happen on a day to day, or that you may not be able to identify as happening on a day to day, but that are actually going to move the needle within your business. So working on your business are tasks like, you know, um, emails or, you know, client outreach or marketing or, um, you know, kind of just developing a referral program of sorts or, you know, networking, right? Those things are actually going to help you get from point A to point B without the confusion. Um, and then working in your business is when you, you know, are working with clients or, you know, you're working at a gym or a studio and teaching. So, you know, those are kind of the two differences and really what's going to allow you to progress in the industry is consistently working on your business. I don't think it's something that you have to do each week, but it is something that you have to kind of look at from a bird's eye view and, you know, kind of just um, a a broader approach of, okay, what are the key fundamentals that I need, regardless of where I am in the fitness industry or regardless of um, where I am within my business, it's actually going to help me. So I think a lot of times it is client outreach, right? Maybe it's starting with client outreach. So there's so many um, different routes that you can take to attract clients that maybe aren't, you know, the typical of just like, asking friends or, you know, asking family or asking the clients that you're already working with. And 
again, this is something I'm so passionate about because I didn't have this and that's why, you know, I wanted, I really, really wanted my um, program, my signature program, the fitness curriculum to get accredited through NASM as a business course for fitness professionals. And it is, um, it you know, is, yes, <laughs> it is. Um, you know, but it, that's so important because you get your certification and then what, right? You get your certification and, and not everyone um, can teach you all of those things, but just like you, Rick, you know, we, we have, um, we have like skin in the game and I've learned some of these things the hard way. You know, you, you are a personal trainer, group exercise instructor, um, manager, I've built multi-million dollar health and wellness departments, like all of those things. And so you learn what is actually going to bring in consistency in your business over time. So that's, I, I think that's just putting yourself out there, asking for help and, you know, figuring out what business model is going to be the best for you and where to focus your energy and your efforts to get from point A to point B. Well, JL Lewis, thank you so much for, for being here and kind of talking us through this. Um, are there any other things that maybe our listeners should think about or should consider when it comes to... Uh, business and trainer burnout. So these are the topics that we're working on and we're looking at the what's next. So where do we go from here? And I, I think one of the places that they can go is to you. So they can go to the Fit Collective and they can reach out to you. So give your details, your contact information that you want out there. And then you can kind of go into something that you want to leave us with. Of course. Um, so Rick, thank you again. I've had so much fun. Uh, my name is JL Lewis. I am on Instagram at J A Y E L an additional L and then L E W I S. Um, my signature program is the fitness curriculum. It is a group coaching program for fitness professionals. Um, and we really just focus on, you know, learning how to create a brand and your business strategy as a fitness professional. And, uh, yes, you can go to www.the-fitcollective.com. And, you know, I am more than happy to help you. But honestly, we live in a world of social media. Feel free to reach out, shoot me a DM. I'm happy to answer any question and, and kind of give you that guidance. Um, what I would say is just ask yourself before you kind of dive in, what is it that you want? What is it that you're wanting to create? Because so often we're wanting to replicate someone else's success or wanting to build a business just because someone else was successful in building that type of business. And we'll run into a lot of resistance and we'll continue to question you know, ourselves as to why we keep hitting this sort of resistance or this roadblock. And not to say there will not be roadblocks, because there absolutely will be. Um, but asking yourself and just being really honest and true, how do you want to impact people in this industry? right? Is it online? Is it in person? Um, you know, group coaching, education, whatever it may be, lean into that, accept that and learn how to um, give yourself the tools and the resources that you need to make that, um, you know, a reality. It's 100% possible. You just have to have people in your corner that are supporting you and perhaps that have been there, done that, that can give you um, a shortcut and a roadmap to how to do it successfully. Well, I also know one thing about your Instagram page is that there's a link in the bio that you can click on and answer some questions to maybe help identify where you are within that kind of spectrum of health that's needed. So give me a, a brief overview of that little series of questions and then the information that you can provide after that. Really? Um, so one of the biggest questions that I get is, where do I start? Right. And so regardless of where you are in your business journey as a fitness professional, it is a very like uh, 
quantify the question, where do I start? What do I need? And so I created a fitness business assessment. It's a really fun quiz. Um, it's not overwhelming at all. You can take your time and, and to do it. It's probably less than three minutes, um, but that is in the link in my bio. And that truly will just give you tangible things that you can focus on in your business, regardless of where you are right now. Um, and so it kind of just breaks it down and really um, easy to understand questions and answers and gives you a business blueprint and a roadmap um, of what you should be working on to get your business to the next level that you want to take it to. Absolutely. Excellent. Yep. <laughs> Excellent. I love it. So JL Lewis, thank you so much for being here with us and just kind of inspiring us to help us think about business a little bit more. So sometimes we get a little heady in, in some of the weeds with personal training and the functional anatomy and what does the research say? And then we have to kind of pause for a moment and go, all right, well, how can I apply this to my business and actually become not just a smarter trainer, but someone that is actually doing the business of what it is a trainer needs to do. So for that, I want to express my gratitude and say thank you so much. I'm looking forward to, to finding out how many people have reached out to you after listening to this podcast. For those of you who are still with us, I want to say thank you so much. Share this podcast with your fitness family. So share it with your friends, like, subscribe, leave some comments, talk back to me, let me know what's going on in your life. A lot of you do that already on Instagram, you DM me, and I appreciate that. So continue to do so at dr.rickritchie, or you can email me at rick.ritchie, R-I-C-H-E-Y, at nasm.org. Thank you so much. This has been the NASM CPT Podcast.